And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Lolly Freak Guild! The Lolly Freak Guild! The Lolly Freak Guild! We represent the Lolly Freak Guild! And someone's got an electrode on my. Hello! How's it going, Freak? Welcome to Two True Freaks Commentary Monthly Monday. And if you haven't guessed. <laughs> Um, I'm Chris Honeywell, and that's Scott Gardner. Hello. And we are doing the Wizard of Oz this month. Yes. Yes, the classic. I have heard this described as the most popular movie in the world, Ever and uh, it's definitely... What? Ever of all time. Ever of all times, yes. It's it's right up there. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people might say want to say something like The Godfather or Gone with the Wind. But this one has appeal to kids and adults, too, so it's sort of got yeah. everybody over those other movies over a barrel, you know? Absolutely. Well, you know, as you can probably imagine, one of the big reasons that we're doing this one right now, along with it being a childhood favorite of ours, one of our favorite movies, something that, you know, we, we really, you know, that means a lot to us and everything, something we've planned to do for a long, long time. Yeah. Right now, you know, the number one movie in America is, uh, you know, The Great and Powerful Oz, which I have to admit, as we record this, I still haven't seen yet. You've been looking forward to that, too. I can't believe it. I just, well, it's just, you know, a matter of there's been a lot of stuff going on. You know, I just got back from Megacon and that sort of thing and uh, all that. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh. Uh, I have vacation coming up pretty shortly, and, uh, you know, the kids will be out for spring break. And also, we have most definite plans to uh, go as a family and uh, and see the great and powerful Oz. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, as I saw the movie was fast approaching, I thought, wow, what a great time to do um, a commentary for The Wizard of Oz. I love this movie, so I'm really looking forward to this. I, I watched it. This afternoon with my boys uh, and prep for uh, for doing this uh, commentary. So I'm psyched and ready and raring to go. What about you? I love this movie too, but I do see it with adult eyes. So I'll definitely have some some <laughs> comments to comments to make. But the the thing the the real thing about it is, I think the people who like claim to not love this movie are just being grumpy about it. I mean, there's got to be a few people who honestly just don't, you know, don't like it. But for the most part, if you saw, you know, if you are like most normal kids, you grew up 
every it was usually when around Christmas time that they would show it, wasn't it? When I'm what? trying to remember because it's around vacation the time. Yeah, that's definitely how I discovered the movie was watching it as a kid. I mean, uh, I can't remember my TV, on TV. Yeah, it was every single year it was on, and I can't remember my first time watching it so it had to be from an age where i've since lost the memory of the first time watching it was just one of those you know perennial favorites like you know like charlie brown and and um you know whatever rudolph and stuff like that i want to say it was it was more like uh like a summer or fall presentation though, or maybe even in the spring like for easters i don't think it was christmas time, it was around I, again, a holiday that's how i always it was I a holiday associated with yeah. a holiday yeah it was a holiday but i i am hard pressed to remember which one now but i want to say it was like a you know basically it was any time of year other than chris i don't think it was christmas time but uh that's definitely you know where I, uh, where I, well, I mean, I, that's honestly, I think that's where the world fell in love with this movie because now granted, you know, this movie predates us by three decades, by ways, but yes. I was, you know, I was watching, um, I have an older DVD of this, um, and there's a, a documentary on the DVD that's actually from 1990. So that tells you how old the DVD wow. itself is but it's with Angela Lansbury. And I watched all the special features, including the documentary today, and was just fascinated. I mean, there was so much stuff. I had no idea about this movie, so that was really cool. But I just want to say before we get into this one that I don't know about you, I don't really, I, I love the movie, but I really don't know a lot about it. So it's this isn't going to be like one of those like super in-depth throwing all kinds of facts and figures at you i just want to have fun with this one and more than anything i'm gonna just you know make smarky you know snarky smart ass remarks and i like you smarky, know that, the combination smarky, of yeah. smart ass and snarky you like it when i miss when i when i have the spoonerism it's called the spoonerism i love them yeah i mean i i try to i try to make stuff like that so when i hear <laughs> smarky i want you know i'm writing that shit down man <laughs> what I meant to say was the snarky or smart-ass remarks, but I mean, you know, I'm going to call you Smarky Mark from now on. There's a there's a couple of things that I want to toss out there. Mostly, uh, I I'm always tickled with the Disney connections because uh, there are actually several big Disney connections with this. Now, this is not a Disney movie, which always tickles me when people think it is because I think that's the the highest form of flattery. You know that people think it it is a Disney movie or that it's connected. It has no connection with Disney other than historically speaking, but I'll, I'll point I to some of those. I think the special effects would have been better if it was Disney. <laughs> really? See, I think the special oh, effects hold up remarkably well in this awesome, movie. They're awesome, but it's like you're watching a, it's like a state, it's like this advanced combination of dream, stage performance, and hallucination mm -hmm. all at once. But you know, that's what I like about it. Right, right. But I think Disney would have Disney would have made it a little more quote unquote realistic. There would have been a less of a thing on wires feel, you know. Right. Yeah. The the one thing that I I think this movie does suffer from, and I I was gonna say with age, but I don't even know that it's necessarily with age. I think it's with limitations of the day. I mean, this is, you know. I mean, literally, like half a century before CGI was even a, a, a glimmer in anybody's eye, you know. So I mean, they had no way to to mask or to digitally remove um, 
wire work, and it it is apparent in a lot of scenes in the movie. But uh, I mean, where you can literally see the wires. Uh-huh. But other than that, see, I love the the very dreamlike quality of the movie. Like, for example, I'll, I'll point it out when we get there. One of my favorite elements of this movie is the scene where Dorothy is is following the yellow brick road and dancing out of munchkin land she actually dances right to the edge of reality between where the set ends and the painted backdrop right. is. she goes right to it and it's seamless and i love that i mean you can see it you know it's there but her performance and her sincerity and believability in that scene I mean, I almost expect her to dance right into the backdrop like like Bugs Bunny. You know what I mean? It, it's it pulls me in that much that I know it's a painted backdrop, but man, it looks like she's about to walk right into it. I love that. I think I just there's something about that quality that I, I really love, and and you know, really lends itself to everything I love about movies and and behind the scenes and you know that sort of thing. But yeah, we'll get into all that yeah. once. Uh, once we get cranking on this, but uh, yeah, I'm, I, this may be one of the ones I'm most psyched for ever to sit down to, to start on because I just get the biggest kick out of this. You know, you were talking about people, you know, that don't like it. The, the only one I know off the top of my head is uh, is our buddy Mike Bailey. And uh, if three way um, commentaries weren't such a headache, I'd love to have him here as the voice on the other side because he would I'd have love good to reasons. Know. Yeah. You know, what what don't you like? I mean, what's not to love about this movie? I just don't get it. So I'm kind of hoping against hope that he'll listen to this and and maybe throw something out to us. But, you know, if you're out there and you're going to listen to this commentary and, and you do listen to it and you're not a fan or, or you know, maybe you're a fan, but you have, you know, your issues with it or whatever, definitely write in, let us know what they are because I'd, I'd really love to know because off the top of my head, and again, I'll point it out when we get there. There's only one scene in this movie that I Don't I like. can actually honestly say I hate that I wish they'd take it out. Only one. So I'm very interested to see what that scene is. So for all you people that keep saying that how negative we are and we don't like anything and all, well, this one's going to prove you wrong because I'm going to gush about all the things I love about this movie. So. <laughs> gush. Uh, I'm going to need towel. We're going to call you Gush Grissom. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I got. I think we're ready to. We might as well get going, right? There's. I think to we wait are for. too. All right. Okay. Are we good? I'll give the countdown from three. All right. Three, two, one, go. Dun 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 dun. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered if they were just dangling meat in front of that lion or, you know, whatever. <laughs> what I like about this is musically it starts out with Ding Dong the Witch is Dead before it even hits, like... Uh, oh, that's... You're right. Before it even hits Over the Rainbow, you know, the main theme of the movie. It's you're right. bloodthirsty. <laughs> I like movies like that they don't really do this anymore but i like movies like this it's mostly old movies that do it although or star trek the motion picture um, or the black hole star trek or uh, i know that uh, well i'm not talking the overture necessarily but the ones that have a little snippet of all the songs you're going to hear over the course of the movie i know popeye did that in the 
end credits? Yes. I don't I can't remember if it did it at the beginning, but that's like the most off the top of my head, that's the most quote unquote modern movie I can think of that still did that. And I, I really like that. I get a kick out of that. You know, sometimes like some of the John Williams ones during the closing credits of say like Indiana Jones or something might play like the love theme or you know, March of the Ewoks yeah. or something, but it, you know, I mean, touching on like every song in the movie or every theme in the movie, that's pretty cool. I get a kick out of that. And, you know, you and I were remarking before we got, you know, we we're getting started with this. I think before we started recording, you know, 1939. Yeah. It's just amazing to think of this movie being that old. I mean, next year it'll be 75 years. That It's just crazy. And I think this movie has an incredible timeless quality to it. I think that's one of the the true uh, hallmarks of the movie is that it, it really does feel very timeless. I mean, even the, with it being a period piece here in the beginning, it still looks like something that could have been filmed relatively recently as a period piece. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, look, they just did Les Miserables. And right. that's an adaptation, of course, of a stage play. But this could be, and, and you know, I'm sure there were stage plays, actually, of uh, Wizard of Oz, you know. It's, mm -hmm. there's been there were movies of it before this you know silent there were a couple silent movies I think one of the first movies Edison did was was a short Wizard of Oz could be deal. could be but um now is this you you have more of a trained eye for these sorts of things I think is this a set oh yeah or I think I don't think is. there's okay. a single single part of On this location. movie that was shot outside yeah it yeah. was all in sound stages every that's pretty cool it. i mean for them to recreate all of this indoors you know I, I love that now i'm always gonna be i'm this is i think gonna be my main theme throughout here is watching it as an adult and as a kid as an adult i'm like ah oh, they're all ignoring dorothy for their adult things <laughs> as an adult i'm like jeez she's annoying man <laughs> <laughs> And I was also reading that there was that they had written in that um, there might have been a little romance between her and um, and the and him. And <laughs> Hunk. Yeah, at the end. Well, he's he's the um, he's the scarecrow, right? Right. Yeah. At, at the end, that's why she says, "Scarecrow, I like you the most." At the end of one of the original like scripts or cutout scenes, he was going away to agricultural college, and she was like, you know. They were promising to write each other, and they just sort of had a subtext that it's it, her character of the like. I don't know how old Judy Garland was. Sixteen. She was sixteen at this time. Mm -hmm. The thing about Judy Garland is she seems older than her her years. Yes. Playing younger, so she's doing that sort of like, oh, so very blah blah blah. But she, I always thought that too. I always thought I, I, I could have sworn that I heard somewhere well, in my life that she was in her like thirties or forties making this, <laughs> and so it was really surprising to me to find out that she no, she, she was wasn't that far off old. from what she was supposed to be. But the the thing about it is, this movie has so many little legend like there's there, there's sort of like these little common knowledge things about it that are wrong like this that right. flopped at the box office when it came out and the critics didn't like it it critics it did really well with the critics it didn't do as well as the it wanted it to but it, it in the long run it did <laughs> the thing with it is that 
it was a matter of timing. This happened to come out in the same year that Gone with the Wind came out. And so it was completely, well, not completely, but it was largely overshadowed by Gone with the Wind, including um, going up against it at the Academy Awards and losing to it in just about every aspect. And I think so that's the Schindler's List effect. <laughs> exactly. I, I think it was very much, you know, over time, it was viewed as, you know, looking back as maybe, you know, a, not necessarily a failure, but it didn't do as well as it should or something like that. But I, I think that it's really it's it's being found again and replayed on television that that built that legend up, you know. What I got a kick out of watching this again today, and it never really occurred to me until I was watching it today, is all of the Star Wars parallels with this movie. Oh, it's the because, hero's you know, journey. Including, yeah, well, including, you know, Dorothy or, you know, Judy Garland, you know, here she was 16 years old. And, you know, one of the very first things that she was told was, uh, you know, you got to slim down, lose some weight, honey, if you want this role. You know, very well, Carrie was, Fisher-like. I think you that know? was very common in Hollywood movies, too. True. You know, that's true. Uh, I was going to say at that time, but at any time, <laughs> they'd probably do all sorts of stuff like that. Very true. Well, right off the bat, you know... Uh, talking about disney connections before is uh you know this was mgm's answer to snow white and the seven dwarfs mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's largely the reason this movie even got got made you know got greenlit was they needed something that uh would answer that i think that's awesome and when you read i was reading some old um reviews of it and and snow white and the seven dwarfs always came up Mm -hmm. all the reviews you know because it was just the natural it was always like this is the best thing to happen since snow white and the seven dwarfs right dwarves i would hold them on on very comparable levels in a lot of ways because i i think both of them have a timeless quality both of them uh you know feel don't well I, I should I guess I should say neither of them feel as old as they are to me, you know? Cause I can sit down and watch some really old cartoon or some really old movie and it's like, man, this is a really old movie. Whereas I sit down and watch these and I have to actually consciously think about how old they are this for mo- it to yeah. really wow me. Yeah, you know? in my brain this movie could have been made anywhere from the 30s to the to the 50s maybe even the early 60s mm-hmm. yeah yeah i agree another thing i noticed is i always watch to where the dog the dog is there's two ways that you can train <laughs> a dog to the actor and to the trainer and toto's trained to the trainer every once in a while the trainer will make toto look at judy garland at dorothy see i hope I, adult, I think she's hot <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say something that's probably going to sound so awful and everything, and I don't mean it to sound awful at all, but she reminds me of my grandma Federley so much. And not like in a mean, like, because my grandma Federley was the sweetest woman that ever lived, you know? But it's just, there's something about her look and her demeanor, not, not with her, like, stern bitchiness, but just my grandmother held herself very much in that, that very proper, stiff, upright, proper... Yeah. You know, and, and I just get a kick out of it watching her. And so I don't 
see her as as evil as in the role that she's trying to play. Plus, in real life, uh, Margaret Hamilton was actually a, an extremely oh, yeah. sweet woman. You know, which is funny to see her here in the most famous things she ever did. You know, playing a witch. It just cracks me up. When she first walks up. You expect people to go, "Why the long face?" <laughs> exactly. But you know, um. Here's the thing. Now as an adult, yeah, Dorothy was letting Toto chase her cats around without, um, you know, just like, oh, who cares about her stupid cats? Well, she does, Dorothy. <laughs> right. And your dog's terrorizing them, you know. Cats go inside and they crap all over the house. And But, uh, you know. What's funny is there's a huge plot hole here at the end of the movie that I hope I remember to point out because it, it, it's it's bugged me since I was a kid. And every time I watch it, it gets worse and worse because all of this stuff happens and everything. But then at the end of the movie, there's, you know, with all this cool stuff that we see and everything that happens, there's actually no resolution at all. Right, right. Well, because she can end up just coming back the very next day and getting Toto again to have him go put down. That's the funny thing. Well, the, 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 I, you see, I don't see how they would have. I, I, in real life, they never would have let her put the dog in that basket. Right. You know. So, but as a kid, this was just like. I mean, this was terrifying. It was just like really because I lived on oh, a farm. Yeah. I had lots of pets, you know, and I was just like somebody taking my pet to go murder them. <laughs> Super dog. Did you see the nice little uh, down in the right hand corner the words Toto on her right? Oh, <laughs> my acting. <laughs> but she'll be back. Here's a mind blower for you. This movie is as old as Batman. <laughs> yeah. It both came out in the same year. <laughs> That's funny, and within a year of each other, a Batman and an Oz movie have come out. Yeah, that's true, too. It's both of them still around. A so-called Batman movie. <laughs> See, I love these sets. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, they remind me they remind me of walking up onto a Disney ride or something. Exactly. That That's what I love about it is, you know, I, I now, you know, live and work in a place that it, it all looks like this. You know, you go to these, you know, very uh, staged sets, you know, sets, for movies yep. and, and elaborate sets. And it, it looks just like this. And it just lends into my enjoyment of this movie because I can appreciate the level of detail that went into this to make it look as realistic as possible, yet still just a little off, which which adds to that fantasy element. I really appreciate that. I, I enjoy that a lot. Now, when you've been down here to visit me, did I take you on the great movie ride? Did we do that? Yes, we did. So you remember the the Wizard of Oz portions of that toward the end? Towards the end, yeah. Yeah. I love that. How they recreated Munchkin Land and everything. Because that audio animatronic of The Witch is one of the it's most really sophisticated nice. yeah. ones that we have. It's It's just incredible. <laughs> this guy cracks me up. See, that's another thing with this is that none of the acting feels as old, you know, like an old because a lot of old movies. I, I've well, Judy had Garland sort of does to me. 
Yeah, well, yeah, she's a little stilted sometimes, but, you know, she's 16, you know. But she's still, she talks enough. You know, it's that, it's an affected voice, <laughs> but... You know, I mean, I mean, look at her, her, her body language and stuff. It's, it's, but the, then again, this was still during that awkward phase right. between the stage and the screen where acting, right. acting was trained into people as a staginess. So every move, I mean, every movement and facial expression for her is completely exaggerated and, right. and overplayed. Well, like he's so natural right here and you don't get that with a lot of older movies like this i, I don't know maybe it's just me and my my kind of prejudice to, toward old movies it seems like well so many old movies i try to watch and you get that whole yeah tough guy kind of thing well, yeah it just this, makes nuts you know this isn't a shaggy dog production this was an a-list production this was you know they, they went through they they went through actors they they filmed parts of this you know whole chunks of this over and Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of money for those for those days. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they 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 got some they got people with chops to do everything, you know. Right. They they had to go up against Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. Is it dwarfs or dwarves? I guess something dwarf. It, in that one, it's dwarfs. But it's I don't know if that's what the proper English version of it is. I don't know if it, back then that was what, what the term was, and it's just mutated over time or what. But the the technical name of the movie is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs with an F. Mutated dwarfs. And I think later it was corrected to dwarves or whatever it is now, but dwarven. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Got three PO in her. <laughs> I like the the skull over the doorway. She's she's definitely like they definitely have her on Ritalin. <laughs> well, they have her on something in this in uh, what was it Return to Oz? Remember they oh, yeah. they have her like they're giving her like shock. Tra- I never see. I like portions of that, but I I can definitely understand what people were so up in arms about with that one because I, I think it it goes in some strange places well i'll tell you that what that it's funny i was gonna bring that up because i was gonna say there's a lot of movies we could watch that go along with it that we could do that go along with this like there we could do under the rainbow return to oz right um you know the the new oz one but it's now have you seen the new one no i have not seen the new one i i have a lot i've talked to a lot of people that i trust and the reviews are mixed hmm. the most consistently positive thing that i've heard that is that it's got really beautiful special effects and the consistent negative thing i've heard is some of the acting isn't too hot hmm. i guess myla kunis or whatever none of nobody seems to but there were only a couple people who seemed to just hate it it's like hitting 60 on the tomato meter right or something like that uh, this was terrible. Mean, as a kid, this oh yeah, this, and that was a big thing with Return to Oz. Is they were like the beginning of it's too terrifying, but Return to Oz was closer in feel to, to the, the books. books. Yeah. That's what the yeah. books were like when you read them. They were they they were kind of dark and really creepy and weird and. See, I'll put the, this sequence here up against any modern CGI special because i i just i watch this and i completely believe it i mean that's cool that's oh yeah that's amazing well that's 
I I look at this and that's pure. You're like a Disney ride. You know, I could see. Mm-hmm. I could see the Disney ride where they're blowing this, and they have you know a tube in the background. Right. That's that's but it's behind a scrim, so it's right. furry. Ow. Don't I hate when that happens. And yeah, it turns your window into a TV screen. That's <laughs> this is now this is one of the more realist unrealistic parts is where she ends up with the flat screen TV on the. <laughs> <laughs> on the Whoa. I know. I she hate should, when that happens. Don't you think she should be just like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> It should be like the end of Poltergeist with, with D. Wallace, but instead it's just like this is like a modern kid's room with their flat screen on the wall. Wee. Yeehaw. I love the soundtrack of this. And again, that's not something I usually say with older movies. That's usually the the movie. The music's just kind of there. But I mean, this is a, a, a soundtrack worthy of, you know, a, a Disney film or or even like John Williams or something. Because there's discernible oh, themes. Yeah. Oh, no, the it's music time to the action the story. Yeah, it's one of the ones where it's scored with a movie screen there. Score. You know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Instead of just. I mean, come on, who doesn't know the witch's theme coming up right here? Dun, 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 dun. I love that. Oh, I mean, it's it's become it's become awesome. a shorthand, you know, with right, the, yeah. or for evil, or for somebody who's just kind of like comically evil. Now, did she scare the piss out of you when you were a kid? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. This... My kids were laughing at me today when I said that, because every time she'd come on the screen as the witch, I'd be like, you know, I'd be like, oh man, that used to scare. And they were like, really? This movie used to scare. I was like, you have no idea. You have no. I mean, my kids will sit kids and watch play the Batman Arkham Asylum. Me and it, yeah, it makes it means nothing to them, you know. But yeah, I mean, I was terrified when I was a kid. Now I noticed something today that I never noticed before. We, as the viewers, never see out the window right there because she should see Oz right now out her window, right? Right. So the camera's purposely positioned so that we can't see it until the big reveal when she opens the front door. I think that's very clever. Which that was, was cool. Probably, which was completely lost on me the first probably four or five times I saw this movie mm-hmm. because I had a black and white TV. Yeah. <laughs> so that is awesome. Color. Technicolor. See, I credit this scene in, in this set and the way the background, you know, I, I mean, it's painted. It's obviously just a painted background. Yeah, you can see where the wall of the set is or yeah, at I least mean, where the painting is. Yeah, it's like it. what, like 50 feet away. Yeah. And it's obvious that it is just paint. It's not even like a painted mat, like a like an Ellen Shaw. I mean, it's it's literally it's a painted backdrop Sometimes right up against the set. Sometimes you can see it points. I credit that look with everything I love about both movies, uh, you know, like this, but also, you know, like sets and and theme parks. I love that look. It's just it's cool. I I mean, I don't know. There's something about it. I really get into that look. Yeah. Forced perspective. And yeah, I love the dye in the water. It's awesome. So they did the same thing later on in uh, in Oz, you know, in the city proper. They've got dye in the water to make it all green too. 
Yeah, they recreated this entire set on uh, on the Great Movie Ride, and it's so cool. <laughs> Scotty said that one looks like Bane, the one in the middle <laughs> with that thing on his head. That's <laughs> a beautiful singing voice. Oh, you haven't even seen... Oh, whoa. Whoa, man. It's Phantasm. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> Give her space. Give her room. Do not adjust your set. It's so funny that the this movie was so many years before Hippies because this seems to be made for, like, Hippies to be just like, Oh, man. Oh, dude, some <laughs> lady. Are you a witch or a bad witch? Huh? <laughs> Who are you calling witch? <laughs> no, that's just a oversized rat. <laughs> no, it's just something just occurred to me. I've always kind of thought that she was channeling the blue fairy here, but come to think of it, she predates the blue fairy in Disney's Pinocchio. Mm. So I wonder if that, if the, you know, if it's the other way around a little bit, you Maybe know what I mean? That's just the way people thought fairies were. Who are you calling old and ugly? I always thought Glinda looked a little bit like a dude in drag. I gotta be perfectly frank. <laughs> well, there's a reason that this movie has a, such a strong appeal to, in the homosexual community. Oh, you know, come on, Judy Garland is like an icon. She is, you know. Yeah, I know. So it, it's a reason. Uh, I was hoping the, we weren't gonna go there. The costumes, man. It's the costumes. <laughs> and the munchkins there's something really disturbing about the munchkins these are the only midgets that don't freak me out and and really like bother me and yeah, yeah. I, I like the munchkins really the i mean the whole thing that they're, they're all that's part of it <laughs> they're all immigrants so that they dubbed all their voices in which made them even more and some of the acting is just, they all look like W.C. Fields with their, <laughs> they all look like W.C. Fields and Robin Williams, even the women. And there's, and there's a lot of sort of weirdly, yeah, sort of munchkins that I'm sort of questioning their, what, what sort Again with the Star Wars parallels, because it, it finally occurs to me why I've always thought certain scenes in the Ewok village seem so familiar and now I'm, I get it they remind me of Munchkin Land. Well this is also about the timing of this and the timing of Star Wars we'd be having the Jawas would be coming out. <laughs> That's true. But no there's that scene in, in Jedi you know when they're fixing to have Han for dinner and everything and uh, and uh, you know Luke pulls his, uh, his force trick and all and we get that one shot with like the baby Ewoks like you know, ducking down, you know, in their, you know, in their, uh, their little beds and stuff. It's kind of similar to the scene that's coming up here with the munchkins, like, rising up. You know, the baby munchkins, like, yeah, what are, like, being hatched Well, or when whatever. you get this many midgets together, you gotta use them <laughs> for... Now, it's funny because the shot over her shoulder and Glinda and Dorothy's shoulders had some nice forced perspective, which made the mm -hmm. munchkins look even smaller. Right, and I'm trying to remember. I think it was brownies, 
in back in the 20s and 30s there were all sorts of popular little pixie like and i think they were called brownies and they looked very similar to the munchkins and i think the mm. the, the munchkins i think they they sort of might have marketed them a little made them to be like now you know that my uh, my disdain for musicals is is legendary, but I gotta be honest, I love nearly every musical well, number in this, and this is probably my favorite one. This, because this is a musical for kids, and we got used to it as kids, and the songs yep. are awesome. The songs are great. There's, you know, you remember them forever. One of the reasons I like this one so much is that it's catchy and everything, but it's just as it's really getting going, I, I, it's all about timing with this movie. This movie has impeccable timing. And just as this song's really hitting, like it, it's, it's you know, it's uh, uh, highest point and everything, suddenly, boom, the witch comes in. And I love mm -hmm. that sequence. It's, it's just perfectly timed. Yeah, this this movie really, for for a kid's movie, really doesn't let you relax for very long before there's a horrifying right. scene. I mean, uh, half this movie was spent being terrified as a kid, and you needed right. the songs to sort of bust you out of it and to have something that you could sort of relax and enjoy, you know, because there were a lot, you, you're in abject terror, half of it. This guy, well, again, you know, oh, yeah, this always, this guy always freaked me out. <laughs> Well, you know, again, with this with the Star Wars comparisons, because Star Wars does that, you know, it, it moves along at, at such a pace and everything. I think this one has a very Star Wars quality in that a lot of stuff hap It moves continually and a lot of stuff happens in a very short span of time because I actually wanted to watch this a couple of nights ago. And I, I told my wife, I said, you know, do you want to watch this with me? And she's like, oh, that's because we were going to get started a little late. It was going to be like, I don't know, 8, 39 o'clock when I was going to start the movie. And she's like, oh, that's such a long movie. And I'm like, no, it's not. I mean, this movie's only what, like an hour, hour and a half, 40, maybe an hour, 40 minutes, yeah. something like that. One hour, 40 She's like, oh, that hour, you know, that movie's like, you know, two and a half, three hours long. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just that so much stuff happens. Plus, when we were kids, they stretched it out on TV. They stretched it out on TV. Sometimes they'd play it over like two nights or two weekends because they threw so many commercial breaks into it and everything. But it's honestly not a long movie at all. You know, comparatively, it, it's it's very comparable to a Disney movie of the same time period because most Disney movies were about between like an hour and ten and an hour and thirty forty minutes, something like that. This is where it starts again. This is where nightmares start begin. This, this is <laughs> this is the part where it's like, oh, this is cute. Mm hmm Ah, oh, yes, thank you. I feel so These guys in Munchkin Land. They always freaked me out because they're like little crosses between like they're they're like Popeye's little nephews. Remember Popeye's nephews in the cartoons? They got their hands in their pants and twitch. <laughs> <laughs> they all look like W.C. Fields mixed with, like, cheap lawyers. And, and they look angry. They look like... Yes, they do. Like, we have doctorates in engineering, and we came to they're... America to be engineers, and this is the only job we can do. And the one guy's like, I have an amazing tenor voice, but they're going to take my voice out and have some American guy go, we represent the... 
<laughs> just look angry and hostile. I love this part. Watch this. This is cool. It's just so beautifully staged. La 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 kaboom. <laughs> That's awesome. This would be about the time I'd piss my pants when I was this a kid. Wonderful, amazing use of color. Mm-hmm. There, just it's like a painting sometimes. And Glenda is very Obi Wan like here. When you know, it's not so much that she lies to Dorothy; she just withholds vital facts throughout the entire course of the movie. That's what all the Obi Wans and the Gandalfs do all the time. You're on a need-to-know basis. Yep. And, you know, I mean, Dorothy's just her tool she's using to, uh... I wish my feet could do that. Yeah, your feet make people's nose do that. (laughs) (laughs) Dorothy needs to be like, wait, wait, wait! I like how she models. I look, she's like on the catwalk. (laughs) And that always, rem- I, uh, uh, there's this shot coming up. It's the cover of the ELO um, yes. El Dorado. Is it El Dorado? I think it is El Dorado. El Dorado, yeah. I was thinking that today while I was watching this. I, I mean, as soon as it happens, I'm just like, ELO! <laughs> and also the rock and roll connection to... The- no, it's not here. It's later. It's in the castle when that happens. Oh, it's- When she actually has Dorothy she- captive, that's when she does that. Right, when she gets her claws on him. But, um... And your little dog, too. This movie has so many quotes that we used all the time. So, man, have you ever, like, done the Dark Side of the Moon with the Oz thing before? I didn't watch the whole thing, but I, I... Well, you know what it was is one time when this was on one of those like I don't know like Turner Classic movies they did that, or they played it. AMC or something. They they had it simulcast with Floyd timed up. You know the way you're supposed to time it up, mm-hmm. and I kept flipping back and forth in it. It was, it was interesting. It's interesting, but you know, I mean, I per, I'm of the opinion that you can do that with almost anything. You know, and the mind will start drawing. You know, that guy behind. Up. Glenda's right shoulder that outfit he's wearing looks familiar to me like something I've seen in like episode one or something yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like, it's like the Jedi uh, council guy yeah, yes, yeah. egghead like him uh, ca- counselor Valorum yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that yeah something like that counselor Velcro yeah <laughs> Glinda, you're getting a little touchy, uh, touchy feely here. Mm-hmm. K- kiss, her, kiss her again. <laughs> so, nobody's watching. Cheek this. I want to know where the red brick road goes. Just follow the yellow brick. Wait, wait, wait! You couldn't whip me up one of those Green Lantern bubbles to exactly. take me. Exactly. Thanks a lot. Appreciate that. Something else occurred to me today about the time she's leaving town. Um, what the hell Just, happened to the, that, that Shetland pony-drawn carriage that they had like 15 minutes ago? Why she got to walk is what I'm asking. <laughs> They're going to make her do all the work. 
Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Yeah, 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 I heard That's you. Get out of the way. guy said. Get off of me. I'm pretty, I'd start kicking him. <laughs> Push him. <laughs> Get off me. And I would, and I would bypass this whole, you know, this whole twisting around part. I would just cut right across. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Come on, I'm on a schedule here. Yeah, exactly. La, 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 la. <laughs> Later, Popeye. <laughs> See, right to the edge of the of the set. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if those. I'll bet you they probably burned all those paintings. But wouldn't it be awesome didn't to it, see someone yeah, unroll I, those that painting? Wow. Was MGM one of the ones that had a, a one of the big famous fires in the in the in the intervening years, or am I thinking of a different I studio? Think they almost all have. Mo and, yeah. and they used to just. They, I mean, they used to go through so much stuff that they would paint right over everything. You know. Right. And, and well, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't think about, you know, the value or the history or any of that back then. You know, it was no big deal. They didn't it was know just if the movie production. was going to be yeah. go down in history. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it was the very first time, but one of the first times I ever went on the great movie ride, they had one of her sets of ruby slippers there on display. It's not there now, but it was there at one time. I think it was the very first time I went because I remember... I seem to recall that was one of the displays. I know that they had the holographic table from the Millennium Falcon for the longest time, too. Now, of her companions, who's your favorite? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I always liked the Tin Man because he was the closest thing to a robot, you know? When I was, when I was a kid. And something about the Cowardly Lion I just did not like. I've never liked the cowardly line. I love the actor that plays him. Yes. I just don't. Yeah, I I like him better during the farmyard sequences than I do in the in the lion sequences. See, I I almost always say the Tin Man. However, this movie, I, I'm not ashamed to say, has a number of genuine like choke me up, elicit a tear moments. And one of the big ones is right at the end of the movie when she's saying her goodbyes and she turns to the scarecrow and she's like, I'm going to miss you most of all. I'm like, every time I'm like, oh, God, you know, it's like it kills me. So then in that moment, I kind of like the scarecrow the best. But uh -huh. uh, I always had a fondness for the Tin Man. I always thought he was pretty cool. Great makeup, though. Oh, yeah. I'm almost scared to get. I was thinking today, you know, because I was watching this, and uh, and I have a new player now. I have a Blu-ray player now. The version I have is not Blu-ray; it's just a DVD, but it looked really sharp. And I was noticing a lot of the, you know, because of the detail, a lot of the the details I hadn't seen before. I'd almost be afraid to get this on Blu-ray to to see a little bit too much. You know what I mean? Cracks, and, yeah. And some of it. But I think you can it, see the whites of the eye of the Munchkin as he hangs himself. <laughs> do you remember i remember seeing like when the, the, the watching the and here's the clip of it happening and it's just like really <laughs> yeah that's i'm pretty sure that's one of those 
It was obviously just like a piece of a set that had like was spring loaded, got sort of sprung the wrong way, and that's all it was. It was no, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. But it was one of those things that started before we had DVDs, you know. So right, it was on TV once, and it wasn't until the 80s, you know, the late 70s and the 80s, till somebody could actually videotape it. And even then, the picture quality was crappy, so you know it could. See, in a lot of ways, I think his his makeup may be the most impressive because it really looks like all of that is one piece. Yeah. You know, like it's, 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 it's just an ingenious really cool. piece of. I mean, I think they basically they just really took burlap, and just you know. Well, you know, I don't know if they actually use. They probably were using rubber cement of some sort. You know, right? Latex of some sort. You know. They, Obviously, the, right the barrier between the two pieces is the rope around his neck, but it's so seamless. I mean, it, it's really, really clever. Now, one of these characters was supposed to be Buddy Ebsen, wasn't it? The Tin Man? The Tin Man, yeah. And I heard that, like, during some of the song parts, you could, it's still Buddy Ebsen's voice in it. I don't know about that. I, I, I maybe. During some of the the live, you know, the the video, stuff. I'm not sure. I don't think. I don't know. I, I I'm I'm honestly not sure. But I know that he was uh, he was the original Tin Man and filmed for a lot of it too. Oh yeah, well they filmed Judy Garland with like weird makeup on, like fake makeup on her face, and stuff. she was a blonde because in the original oh, yeah. stories Dorothy was a blonde, and then. Uh, See, the movie actually went through several directors, right. although Victor Fleming is the only one credited, the movie went through several different directors, and one of the ones that helped out very briefly before he moved on to, I think, Gone with the Wind, was the one that suggested, you know, kind of dumbing down her makeup a little bit, trying to make her a little more little girlish, and losing the, the blondness, and... Wow, what a contribution! You know, I mean, it, it gave her kind of her, her signature look in the movie, really. Again, with the sets being awesome, the toucan. There's a toucan. There's some weird kind of bird in the in the background there too. See, I always liked the the witch kind of you know skulking, skulking around in the background. That's awesome. Sk skulking and lurking, skulking. I love the trees. No soup for you. <laughs> she was hungry. <laughs> these, these, these are the like. This is like that in between part where it's not scary, but it was just damn creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. See, Snow White has a sequence somewhat like that too, with uh, with anthropomorphizing the the scary trees in the forest and the part where you know where she runs away from the huntsman and all that. And I kind of wonder, is this something from the Oz books or is this something kind of from? Uh... Plus, there's a little bit of flowers and trees there too. Yeah. You know the animated, uh, the silly symphony. But for rubber tree, it's funny you can see a bunch of stumps too, where the Tin Woodsman been at work. 
mm-hmm. when he rusted up. I love this set. Yeah, I guess originally they didn't want there to be any magic in this, and like the Tin Woodsman originally was going to be like a criminal that Oz had put into a heartless criminal that he'd put into a tin outfit as punishment, and he'd softened up over the years. And the Scarecrow was someone who was hired, you know, who was hired to be a human Scarecrow. Hmm. And from that documentary I was watching today, it sounds like the the real hero of the, you know, because this is one of the, you know, I'd encourage anybody that's interested in this movie that likes this movie to, you know, to check out, you know, some of the behind the scenes. Because this is one of those classic Hollywood stories of, you know, the movie that almost didn't get made, you know, that doesn't really have any right to be as awesome as it is because it, it was such a mishmash and hodgepodge of writers and directors and ideas and, and studio interference and all the stuff that should have like the conspired world. to just destroy it, you know, and instead, you know, it, it becomes what it is just more by dumb luck than anything else. But it sounds, you know, according to that documentary that it's really like Victor Fleming, who's the hero of the, of the story, because, you know, it it was kind of stilted and awkward until he came along. And, you know, here was this guy that was one of these, you know, tough as nails, you know, big city kind of guys. And then he comes in and, you know, he's very no nonsense yet wanted a movie that, that he would be proud to to let his his little girls watch, you know, and so he came in to to create something wonderful, you know, and magical for for kids. And wow, you know, really works. But you know, the description of the man is not the kind of person you would think of to to do a project like that. You know, it's funny. See, I always think, who's living in that cabin back there? <laughs> It's his, isn't it? Is it his cabin? I just never oh, I pictured don't... these guys as even living anywhere. I just always <laughs> saw them as a sort of free roaming characters. Right. I never really noticed till today that the the uh, cabin has a grass roof on it, too, which I think is kind of neat. See, I always heard like that. You know, another another story that was never really true was that like it was only partially true that he never got his silver makeup off. He was silver. Oh yeah, you know. I've heard variations of him dying of cancer, melanoma from the 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 metal in the in his makeup. That probably comes from. you know, in part, the story of Buddy Ebsen, because, see, the guy that's playing the Scarecrow was originally cast to play the Tin Man. But he wanted the Scarecrow role because of, his, you know, his natural act, you know, when he was like a vaudevillian or whatever, was, you know, the very loosey-goosey way he dances uh-huh. and performs as the Scarecrow in this movie. So he felt he was a natural, so he really lobbied hard for that role. And Buddy Ebsen didn't really care one way or the other. So they switched roles. And this guy became the Scarecrow and Buddy Ebsen became the Tin Man. Well, then he ended up having a severe allergic reaction uh, allergic reaction or something to 
the aluminum dust in the makeup and almost, I guess, almost died from it. I always like that. The little toot toot. I always thought that was cool. Popeye. So <laughs> while he was like recovering, you know, in the hospital and everything, they just, they recast him with this guy. And this guy went on to be immortalized while Buddy Epson, you know, not that, you know, he's, I think he's immortal in his own way, but uh, I guess he was always kind of, kind of sore about it, which is understandable, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been a, a nice role. <laughs> See, it's funny to me because I always, you know, when you and I were growing up, you know, Buddy Epson to us was, was kind of, you know, he was Uncle Jeb, but he was also kind of, I hate to say a joke, but he was kind of a joke because I knew him best probably from Barnaby Jones, right. which we always used to make fun of because here was this, it was a, it was a detective show like Magnum P.I. or something. But it was an old where folks. He's running around chasing criminals and stuff. And here the guy was 112 years old and he's running down criminals and it was just ridiculous. So that's what I, we knew him from and didn't realize that if you followed him back, you know, he was actually a song and dance man from way back in this era. Awesome scene. Just toying with them. Mm-hmm. This is the asteroid scene <laughs> in Empire right here. It really is. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep them moving along. Keep pursuing them. Keep hounding them. You know what I mean? Terrifying. Now, is that real flame right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Looks That's like pretty it. pretty cool. Pretty brave of him to get right down there like that. I'm not afraid of her. They probably had something worked out. It probably isn't. It probably was nowhere near as safe as what they would have nowadays, though. He probably was. But I mean, the fireball she throws looks very realistic too. And I always have trouble. Is that because it looks animated? But it's hard to it's tell. Hard to say. Yeah. After she got burned, I would imagine she wasn't going to go anywhere near any fire for real in this movie. Yeah, it's funny that way. <laughs> it's weird he's got this sort of turtle face the, the scarecrow does. We do. Come along, R2. I wonder if anybody's ever made a porn. Oh, come on. Yeah, I think so. They must have. <laughs> now, somewhere in here, I think, is where is where the, you're supposed to see the um, the hanging the dang skin. The dangling. The da dangling. Munchkin. Munchkin. There he goes. There he goes. See it? See it sort of. Uh... That's that's a goose or something in the background there. But, yeah, I know what you're no, talking no, it was about. Like a, There's a, huh? It was like a piece of, like, it was almost like a fence or a, or a gate. Like on a spring or something, and it just sort of, it just sort of springs out. It was probably right. Not supposed to do that. This is a great set too, right here. Endor. <laughs> yeah, I love how the. Yeah, you know, this is the. I think the only time we see the, uh, the yellow brick road with like overgrowth and like. You know, like stuff growing between the cracks of the bricks and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty. The, the rest of the time, it's pretty neatly defined. Yeah. 
Another, you know, I, I imagine there's people probably who have used a lot of these phrases that don't even know where they. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. See, this is the part where I want to hear. And you see the two logs come down together. And... <laughs> Clang. <laughs> it's funny. It looks like a real lion there. It's great. It's the only time it's really the whole thing. Yeah, I don't don't care for the cowardly. You know Scotty lion. McGregor, right? He played the cowardly lion in uh in the in a play version of uh. That must have been hard with an aerosol can sticking out of his forehead. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> he needs a bandolier. If he had a bandolier, I'd like him a whole lot better. That might be a Photoshop project for me. <laughs> and a crossbow. Oh, my God. Can you think of the... I'm going to have a riot trying to pick out the Photoshop pictures for, for this episode. <laughs> That's a good line. He does have some good lines, though. I'm going to call somebody a lopsided bag of hay and see what happens. <laughs> I noticed this today. Watch. She goes back there to get Toto. Watch. That's a stuffed dog. Ha! It was only a quick second, but that was a stuffed dog. That was not the real Toto. I don't like those kind of dogs either. Dorothy would let this guy tear her two new friends limb from limb, but don't mess with the dog. Right. Priorities are all messed up. <laughs> right. Now, this always struck me as really weird because didn't it take courage for him to bound out of the forest and attack them in the first place? Exactly. He could have just hid and, and not interacted with them at all. Mm -hmm. But it's like it's like Oz tells him at the end. They've all got everything that they've won already. Well, I have always found people that nitpick this movie to be really annoying because... It's a dream. You know, it's like, how much are you expecting it to conform to, to anything, you know? Well, that was their that was also their way that they um, they, they were they didn't want it to be real. They didn't want it, her to right. actually go to Oz. And, and the, the first way they were going to they were going to have her actually really go to Oz, but nothing there be magic. Right. And then they thought, oh, that's kind of ridiculous. And so the 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 idea but that was i thought it was a good idea to make it a dream because then you get the nice parallel you know between all the care you know all the characters in her life being representative in her dream you know as i think all those little inconsistencies and and things like that in this i think that just lends into the dreamlike sure. quality of it you know because i was reading you know some different things today about the movie and you know there, there was a, a site that scotty pointed me to that i got the uh, kind of a kick it was kind of a, a kick and it was kind of annoying because it was one of those things pointing out um 
you know, like continuity errors and things like that. Some of them were really interesting. And then some of them were like, oh, my God, come on. And there was one about like the, the Tin Woodsman's axe, you know, how he doesn't have it when they go to the castle. But then when he needs to chop the door open for Dorothy, suddenly he has it again. And it's like it's a it's a dream and stuff mm-hmm. like that happens in a dream where one minute you have something and the next minute you don't or one moment you're in your house and the next minute you walk through a door and you're at the mall and you don't think anything of these things while you're actually in the dream. It makes perfect sense. And I like and that. This is remarkably con- con- coherent for a dream. Ah! And now, yeah, it's the flying R faces. <laughs> he looks like you making an R face. I know. <laughs> See, I would, I would think the picture should be me as Dorothy and you, like as one of the flying monkeys. Oh yeah, if I can get myself, <laughs> if I can get a good me on a flying monkey. I'm all about that. Yeah, you might be the wicked witch though. I don't know. Oh, if I, you I as can, Dorothy would be pretty horrifying. <laughs> See, put put R two next to the Tin Woodsman. Put a bandolier and a crossbow on the on the cowardly lion. <laughs> Now they'll sleep. <laughs> this is a great set, dogs. too. Because there's only like 20 feet of that that's mm-hmm. real, you know? And everything else is, again, just a, just a backdrop. And they really don't try that hard to disguise it. That's what's cool about it. So you're right. It's, it's that borderline. It's almost like a big screen play. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And it works because everything is bright primary colors, you know. Tron lives there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> very similar music for the scene where they see the city right there, and uh, and in Logan's Run when they see the like the ruins and the city and stuff. The the music's very similar. I noticed. Come on, come on! Poppies. <laughs> What's happening? What is it? I can't run anymore. I'm so sleepy. Oh, that's right. It would only be her and the lion anyway that would be right. the dog. <laughs> it's just weird, just total opium. <laughs> I love this part. <laughs> just every every it it almost looks hand colored. It almost looks. Mm-hmm. The the, well no when the, when Turner would would colorize stuff it was never this bright, but uh I mean this must have been just mind blowing in the early you know. It's another little like blue fairy moment here. I like this where he's the only one left. Oh, 
Now see, this is where he needs to slice open the line with his lightsaber and put <laughs> so she doesn't freeze to death. <laughs> oh my god, the never ending Photoshop. <laughs> He got frozen in a Sears. Curses, curses. <laughs> well, it's funny because her her performance as a witch is viewed as so like stereotypical, but she may she invented that, you know. Oh yeah, and I mean she. Uh, I mean, I think <laughs> there's a very good reason why, you know, that role and that oh, character yeah. is considered one of the great movie villains. You know, she's fantastic. That is awesome. And once again, you can see the line. They're heading right towards it. Mm-hmm. Almost there. Getting right on top of it. Oh. I like this part, too, where she flies. Now, have you ever... <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Come on, that's cool. Have, I ever, have you ever read the book Wicked? No, I have not. Oh, you would love it. It's awesome. What is that thing? What thing? Where? That big, round, funny-looking thing. Uh -oh. What's funny is John Byrne's Krypton looks a lot like this, too. It's Harry Mudd. <laughs> more, 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 um, here's some Jedi reference. A Jabba no Bata. I don't get why there's such dicks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Does everybody who goes to the Emerald City have to go through this sort of, you know, ordeal? <laughs> and the, and like now that I'm watching it I'm like wondering in those days he's like Rip Taylor you know yeah he is very much Rip Taylor screamingly yeah. gay but do they know that in 1936 I mean I would think like directors and actors would because it's the theater world you know yellow look at it she's always like modeling them you know, and he, look, he's doing limp, he's he's doing limp-wristed stuff. I wonder if they were just like, ah, you know, the adults will know. But what? That's see, I part. I never would pick up on any of that stuff. I just take it as you know, <laughs> just I don't know. He's flamboyant or uh, yeah, something. Yeah, flamboyant exactly. <laughs> uh, frosted lucky charms, right this way. He needs a bottle of whiskey right there, though. See, actually, now I know why the, the poor horse died of cancer from the purple. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I think of it, they're getting a weird reception. Because Look, he's even got the little pipe, the little. The... Look at the droidica out the door there. <laughs> Did you see that thing? 
some weird pipe or something. I don't know what that yeah. thing was. Yeah, it's it's like a little it's like a little leprechaun pipe. Now the horse is red. Mm-hmm. Now he's yellow. Oh, okay. It's the horse of a different color. See, I like the Kryptonian outfits. They do. They look like Lara or something. It's a little bit uh, Metropolis, too, like the Fritz Lang Metropolis yes. type of thing. Yes. See, well, I want to see it. This be Ugnaughts in this part with uh, with the woodsman, though. I mean, Fritz Lang's Metropolis wasn't that far off. Far. Yeah, it's true. Distance at this point, either. But what about ten years prior, something like that? Yeah, that's. Oh, here's the lady with the Oz boobs. I never noticed that before. <laughs> Or, um, what was that other Things to Come? Yes. Yeah. That had a look like this, too. It's mm. a lot of leg for back then. Had to give something for Dad. <laughs> See, this one's mirroring the, the Munchkin scene, because the same thing. Just as it's reaching a crescendo here, boom. That's awesome. Now, is that done in water? It looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah, I always thought that it did. That was fast. Dorothy? Who is Dorothy? <laughs> Whatever shall we do? <laughs> I love this part. Those two little chambers on either right, side. Go away. Huh? Those two other chambers. He's I total Rip Taylor. You almost see the <laughs> glitter out, you know, throwing glitter at everybody. Now get out of here now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> get out of here. Go away. Those two little booths on either side there look like the... Um, Oh, what Star Trek episode was that where they had the war and the guys would walk into the euthanasia booths? Oh, yeah. <laughs> was that like, let this be your last battlefield or something like that? Um, That's not it, actually. I can't, I can't think yeah. of it. The ultimate, no. Oh, what's the name of that one? I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. I know the one you're talking about, though, with the non-seven and all that. Yeah. You look like you hit her in the head with that thing when he turned around. That mustache was <laughs> not cool. <laughs> I'd be all like, dude, man, that mustache is not cool. Man. Here it is, folks. About it. The one scene I wish they would excise from this movie. <sighs> I'm sorry. As much as I love this movie, I hate this part. What is it that you hate about it? I don't like his voice. I don't. It's just, it's too long. That goofy uh, thing he keeps doing is just really annoying. I just don't like this part. Do you like this part? It's not my favorite part, but I ne it never bothered me. No. <laughs> Nah. 
too long. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even really remember this part that well. I remember little bits of it, but it's it's not like, oh, this part. Yeah, this, it's just, it's one of the, I, honestly, I think it's the only part of the movie I feel like it just, it's all Oz the Cloud stuff City? just stalls, huh? Is Oz Cloud City? Are we in Cloud City I, now? I think so, and I think that's that lends into why I always liked both Oz and Cloud City because I think they're very. It's a very similar vibe, you know. Is the, the whole Lando? futuristic? Hmm. Is Lando the wizard? <laughs> well, that would make like all the other roles he played, like the doorman and everything, like Lobot. Then I guess. Right. You're right, it's still going. <laughs> it's, just, it's too long. I like this part with the, uh, watch this. That's cool. Now, it was ceramic when he busted it and made it a crown out of it, but then later on, it falls off and bounces across the floor. Uh-huh. Which, again, I think, you know, while it is technically a, a, a continuity glitch or whatever, adds into that that dreamlike sure. quality you see this part once the song is over i don't mind it's just the song part's too long I used to work with a cook who would go into this. A lot of parodies of Star Wars where 3PO was the Tin Woodsman, but I don't remember any of them where Chewie was the Cowardly Lion. That actually would be pretty funny. It's pretty funny thinking of Chewie with a tail. <laughs> That's true. Courage. <laughs> That's a good part. The wizard says, piss off! <laughs> How do you like my new hat, by the way? Oh, don't cry again. Jesus. Between you and the lion. Oh, she's touching my little unibrow heart. <laughs> That's like one of the most aggressive unibrows I've ever seen, too, in my life. Just blow a big snotter right right. <laughs> oh, God. That's like something out of a Three Stooges car. It's awesome. Jeez, it's he cracks me up, though. Very. Don't hygienic. cry anymore. <laughs> He's cracking me up. <laughs> His story has touched my heart. What is with those giant mittens he's got? I don't know. They're going down the green Looney Tunes hallway, though. 
<laughs> that's all folks actually that always reminds me of the part in uh, in empire where luke's walking through that one tunnel and suddenly the light comes on see i want to see them get halfway down this tunnel and vader's saber just comes out and goes and almost cuts him in half it kind of reminds me of the jedi temple in in yeah, so two bit. and three that you yeah, see obi-wan bit. and uh yoda walking down at one point <laughs> yoda float by on that little <laughs> A little hoverboard. Is. It's like a little floating ottoman or something. Maybe Toto's the, the equivalent of Yoda in this. <laughs> He's a mouse droid. I like how they want to see the wizard, and now they're going to, like... See, if they're smart, they just take the Tin Woodsman's axe and hit him with the blunt and knock him out and drag him in. <laughs> just like B.A. and... Uh, the A team. This part used to scare the oh, crap yeah. as a kid too. Yeah, I mean they just they just every fifteen minutes or so, they they have to have something that's just utterly like intimidating the little kids. You know, somebody's yelling at you about how you're gonna die. Guilty. <laughs> Holy shit, he's a Talosian. Exactly. He stole Captain Nemo's organ, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could make a joke about that, but I won't. <laughs> what were you going to say? I'm not going to make any oh, jokes Oh, never mind. Don't, yeah, don't say that. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Who asked you? His gas bill has got to be outrageous. They need to say, Yes, sir, Mr. Brainiac, sir. I always like the two little folded bits of metal that look like a bow tie. I think that's awesome. <laughs> it's great the the dog is the direction of the dog is great they're they're making him look over at oz and then look over at whoever runs am i right in thinking that that dog is stuffed somewhere or am i thinking a trigger <laughs> i think you're thinking a trigger i've never heard of like i i've never heard of a, like a dot like I think dogs are too close to, you know, I don't know. People get their cats stuffed and stuff like. No, I'm serious. I I thought that I had heard that that dog is stuffed somewhere, but I I like I say I could be confusing him with another famous movie animal. Like, I'm not sure. I know Trigger totally was. Totally, yeah, he is. Trigger, I know. Is, um, yeah. um, Flipper was a tuna salad special. <laughs> at <one> point. <laughs> At the Brown Derby. <laughs> they call him Flipper, Flipper, 299. Comes with two sides. <laughs> really? That's kind of random, a broomstick. <laughs> It's so funny. It's it, when you think about it, 
This movie is, and that's why. That's, ah! Lion forgets they were twenty stories up. That's <laughs> the end of Die Hard. <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's what the book Wicked sort of addresses: the fact that it's like, okay, Dorothy makes her way into Oz, and you got the you got the good witch who's so nicey nice, and you got the wizard. They're both really manipulating Dorothy into murder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're like, how can we get this girl to do our murder work for us? Back Very much so. Now look at all the stuff they got now. He's got a giant wrench. He's got uh what does that say? Witch. What's it say? Witch something. Witch remover? Is that what it says? I can't read it quite right. And then Scarecrow, as Scotty pointed out several times through the rest of the movie and we were watching it today, Scarecrow's got a gun. Scarecrow's got a gun. <laughs> Those are some very Disney owls there. Predates Disney animatronics by uh, almost three solid decades, too. That's the cool thing. They do. They look like the uh, the vultures on Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. Or something out of the Tiki Room. Yeah. Yeah, but like the Tiki Room birds and, you know, the bird in, um... Ow! That's a hell of a stunt right there. Because I always used to think that was an empty su uh, suit yeah, of armor. That, guy, it, it looked, that was actually the guy, too. Some of his, some of his costume was, was metallic cloth, though. Like you could, right, yeah. Because, man, you could get really hurt in <laughs> Getting dropped in a metal garbage can suit like that. You know, the metal, or I mean, you know, the metal, the uh, mechanical bird in Mary Poppins is, what year is that, 64? Something like 65? that. Yeah. You know, so that's, you know, almost 30 years, well, it's what, 25 years away from this. Quarter of a century later. I hear one of the great characters in the new Oz movie is, is a, uh, is a flying monkey. I've seen some of that in the previews, and I'm not sure. I, I hope it comes off a little better in the finished film than, than what I was looking they at. Said there's it, like a little China doll and a, that and, and cool. monkey, and that they both sort of steal the show. They, they both sort See, of come I off as the... These monkeys are so terrifying. That, well, I mean, not anymore. Oh, yeah. I think oh, the I flying think effects cool. here are awesome. Now, watch this one. He, like... He bobs several times and then takes off into the air, and I totally buy it every time I watch it. Oh, no, this, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to remember, where is he? Come back with my Dorothy action figure. I like her, how her, right here, watch this guy. Bounce, bounce, fly. That's yeah. cool. God, that's cool. Right, you know what this reminds me of? Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, yeah. I know. <laughs> Gordon's alive. Come on, Hothman. <laughs> They need to play that Vanguard music right there. <laughs> you crazy bird! That's creepy. Yeah. It's like Walking Dead or something. Exactly. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Wreck-It Ralph yet? I have not. I have the game. I have the game that they based Wreck-It Ralph on my iPod Touch, though, and I've been playing it. It's a fun... Yeah, it is. Fun Donkey Kong. It's a little easier than Donkey Kong-style games, but it's a great... Just, you know, they really did a good job of capturing the Wreck-It... Or the, the old retro 8-bit feel. 
Except when he goes, I'm going to wreck it. It's a little too clear. <laughs> but otherwise, it's great. You've got to see the movie. Because I've heard. Because there's a great little uh, nod to the Winky scene in this that I think is just hysterical. Yeah, I've, Here I've, comes I've, your El Dorado moment yes. right here. Eye on a hilltop. The dreamer. Fucking ah! fool. No! <laughs> I love it. She's just like, God, I hate you. <laughs> must be done delicately. Yes. She's... She's such it's a like jerk. the emperor's mom or something. That's that's what she reminds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Well now, now, now it's just like you rely too much on friends. But these guys are like stormtroopers. They can't hit shit. That's what I hate about characters like. <laughs> is when Toto was escaping. If she was cool, she'd just be like, "Yeah, there goes Toto." But yeah. oh, she's got to give him up and be like, "Run, Toto, run!" He's just like, "Ah." Oh. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to run now. <laughs> I mean, she looks like they slapped her around to get her. She, she's, <laughs> really she's all red. She's puppy eyed. Why didn't she just flip it over when it gets low? <laughs> I'd at least try it. Man, that's a nice crystal ball. That thing must weigh. <laughs> it needs to have. Uh... Oh, it's Jesus. <laughs> it comes up and it's Madame Leota. This used to really disturb me as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> now we're in Poltergeist. Give us a hint by ringing a bell. <laughs> Please deposit 25 cents for the next three minutes with Annie M. <laughs> Get back! <laughs> She's taunting her. I love yeah. that. <laughs> it's just a big prank. Yes, this is when they would go to commercial, and I would be left scared shitless. <laughs> going, oh my god, they're gonna kill the baby! Whenever she's chewing on her hand like that, it reminds me of the opening of Laverne and Shirley, where Squiggy would put his hand in his mouth and go. <laughs> I don't know why. I always thought it'd be great in this part if he just led them to like a squirrel or something. All this time they think he's leading them to Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a dead squirrel. He's rolling in it. Right. <laughs> Coming up, also one of my favorite songs of yes. all time in the Winky song. Yes. Where they're going, oh, we, oh, that one? When, uh, I love that. When when the band that I was in with John Sparacino, we, we were at a band called Gad. That was sort of a punk rocky band, but Vargas Pike, our friend Kevin, wrote a song called Findle's Fall that was like a Middle Earth <laughs> st story. And, the, and it was, you know, alternate music and someone telling a story. And all the time, whenever the story part, we had to say we, we were... Uh, doing that song in the background except the drummer made us sing holy o yoko 
Yo, yo, go. I love this part. This is like this is like orcs and going into Mordor. I wish my shift change was this awesome. <laughs> well, you know, maybe you could set something up. You know, talk to the people. You know, <laughs> I mean, you gotta think Disney would encourage something like that. Maybe not carrying the big sharp. Um, I think the bobbies outside of Buckingham Castle should be required to do this every day. That would be freaking cool. It's bad enough that they've got to sit there perfectly still while people walk up to them and are just like, "Did you have you seen that video? Of the guy in in the army man. He, he's doing he's 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 more in a soldier thing, but he's a human statue in no. Australia, and somebody keeps coming up to him and like, you know, touching the back of his head and touching his nose, and then finally they lick their finger and put it in his ear. And they come up around front and they like start touching his lips and he just clocks the guy. Knocks <laughs> him off screen and then just freezes again. And you hear the whole crowd go, <gasps> and then they're just like, whoa. <laughs> I wonder why I've never seen anybody dressed as a winky at one of the uh, oh. one of the cons. That would be cool. It would be fun to <laughs> I mean just have a whole group of winkies yo-yoing around. <laughs> that would be cool. Total Warner Brothers cartoon moment. That's cool. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, it's alluded to in like Star Wars and uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. Come on, guys, wrap it up. I got to get home. Indiana Jones, that probably has one of the sole greatest outfit change <laughs> parts. Where... I know, when it doesn't fit, that's great. I just like where he punches him and the hat comes flying up, you know. I love this music. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. It's kind of the, the forerunner of the Imperial March. I can't see a thing in this helmet. Now, this is an odd bit of scoring right here. All of a sudden... It come, cuts into Night on Bald Mountain for, like, no reason at all. People love using Night on Bald Mountain. And it's only for, like, ten seconds. It's really strange. It's like there was a gap in the scoring or something. Yeah, and they needed something that wasn't copyrighted real quick. Because <laughs> I think they use that music a lot in, like, the Toxic Avenger. Right. Flip it over! He has an axe, but he cannot aim for shit. <laughs> Here's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the axe from that is on display right now in Hollywood Studios. Come here, Dorothy. I took, I took a picture of it for you and put it on Facebook. Come here, Dorothy. I'm not going to hurt you. It's <laughs> going to smash your head in. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> Look at that monkey. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is gooming his goop like Pesh, man. <laughs> 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 
I love bad guys who laugh too. Ah! If I was gonna be a bad guy, I'd be. You gotta be a happy bad guy. It's so great. <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. Oh! Oh, you crazy bastard! You caved my skull in! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> I like how they just duck around the corner. God, I love those monkeys. Look at them go, man. These are some great mats and sets, right? Look at that. That's cool. It needs a little uh, Slave 1 sitting on the top of it right there. It would be really cool, but that's cool. It reminds me of at night when uh, Anakin marches in on the on the, right. on the Jedi Council area. I miss matte paintings, to be honest with you. Yeah, I do too. Ah! Hey, point that thing someplace else. <laughs> Dorothy Gale, assassin, Manchurian candidate. <laughs> well. <laughs> Mangy little dog. I like that little smile she gives right there. It's great. Another great line. Mm-hmm. How many teenagers do you know in high school who've been, like, firebugging out in their backyard, all their friends? And... <laughs> I'm describing my death as it happens. Heart beating slower. Slower. Holy smoke, she's a tune! The dip. <laughs> now it's like the end of Gremlins. She needs to go over and tap it with her foot like uh, like Obi-Wan's cloak on the floor. There's <laughs> <laughs> like this just goo underneath and Toto starts... That guy looks like Milton Berle. I'm sorry, Mr. Hulk. I didn't mean to kill her. What? And this is the end of, this is the end of Flash Gordon right here. All hail Flash. Get the hell out of here. Wait a minute. Why didn't they just go to Ace Hardware and buy a broom? If I was Dorothy, I'd be like, you know what? I kind of like this castle. It's kind of better than the hovel I had back in Kansas. <laughs> and now we're going to ram it up your butt when we find out that you can't help us at all. <laughs> Not so fast. Not so fast. That's the same thing I always do when somebody calls me on a promise. <laughs> Not so fast. Come back tomorrow. Yeah, well. Toto should pull back that curtain and he's in the shower. <laughs> he's buck naked. <laughs> I like operating my eyes. 
the visual metaphor that's fueled every conspiracy theorist for <laughs> generations. <laughs> I want a studio setup just like that. Oh. <laughs> just for people who show up at your front door. <laughs> he kind of looks like the emperor. <laughs> he does a little bit. You're a very bad man. Excellent. Unlimited power! <laughs> 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 I always like that part. Yeah. I don't believe that whole part about anybody having a brain, though. <laughs> it doesn't pan out in reality. One of the best lines in this entire movie is when uh, the scarecrow says, I don't know, some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. I always like that part. Because isn't it the truth? And this part is basically just him bullshitting and spinning his wheels because he doesn't know what he's going to do with Dorothy. Yep. But at the same time, there's a lot of lessons learned in this movie as a little kid that you pick up on. You know, there's all the sappy, like, oh, you always have the heart, blah, 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 blah. But then there's also stuff like, you know, they show that a lot of you know, scary and intimidating things can be sort of easily, you know, when they once they once they get the wind knocked out of them, that's sort of it. You know, it just takes a splash of water for the wicked witch. This guy turns out to be a buffoon. But I still say that the that the ultimate ending to the movie doesn't really match because all right, here everybody's learning a lesson. You know, mm-hmm. you had brains all along. You really do have courage. You you have a wonderful heart. And then we get to Dorothy, and it's like, so what did you learn? Well, I learned that I should really be happy at home, and there's no place. Like, oh, it's all sweet, and that's how it ends. And it's like, no, that was not the lesson at all. The lesson is they're going to kill your dog. That was the lesson. It's like there's nothing to be learned. She didn't run away from home through, like, dissatisfaction with, with Annie right. M and Uncle what's his you know, Uncle Owen, right. you know? It's right. like... It was because the dog was in danger. The dog is still in danger at the end of the movie. (laughs) Exactly. He should have given her just a gun with one bullet in it and say, see, next time she comes over to your house, put this. That's how this movie should end. She wakes up in Kansas and and Annie M and Uncle Owen are just like a pile of smoking bones (laughs) outside the cabin. And that would lead them back home. <laughs> Wait, Dorothy, it's too dangerous. <laughs> she goes off with the wizard to learn the ways of the forest at the end. Read what my medal says. Courage. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Oh, they're all wonderful. Hey, what about Yeah, yeah really. Because it's a bomb. <laughs> hey. Oh, God, I was hoping you guys would forget. <laughs> right. I tell you what, you guys wait right here. Who, 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 
Who is going to want to go from Kansas, where everybody ignores her, to a wonderful, magical world of, you know, animatronic birds and talking animals, and then all they want to do is get the hell out of there. (laughs) Granted, it is a pretty threatening world, but she's pretty much eliminated her threat, any threat. Mm-hmm. so far so now all she's got is friends on this world the munchkins she could go she could probably go live in luxury in munchkin land forever yep and you know yeah that i always the the no place like home thing always really kind of never vibed with me but that wasn't really that really wasn't the the vibe of the books either She's She's going to wind up back in Kansas and she's going to be like Ash, you know, she's going to be working at the S mark going, you know, I could have been king. (laughs) She's going to be working in the five and dime. All of a sudden a flying monkey comes (laughs) out of the shelves, (laughs) grabs a shotgun. I got this. (laughs) Even his balloon is a painting. Mm hmm. Why is that thing? It's like the Kryptonese Eye of Sauron or something. <laughs> yeah. From the Eye of Sauron. Yay! What's a stratosphere? Yeah. <laughs> now her best friend is king now what i would do is yeah i would do just what i forget that she doesn't actually i mean what is he th- he's thinking all i have to do is start flying around and we'll end up back in kansas maybe i guess so whoa There he goes. <laughs> oh, well, bummer. You get this. He was just on a crane or something right there. That's cool, though. It's a good effect. Then again, if she never goes home from Oz and basically she's just going to be in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> It's like total recall. She's stuck in the <laughs> stuck in psychosis until she's lobotomized. <laughs> so the little bald guy shows up. Dorothy. <laughs> he shows up. And goes, What's yeah. bullshit, Mrs. Gale? Exactly. That's really a secret agent from Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for wasting my sister. <laughs> Where the hell has she been all this time? Boy. <laughs> it is the eye of Sauron too, isn't it? You don't need to be helped any longer. You've always had the power to go back to Kansas. <laughs> you murdered her good. What? <laughs> exactly. 
but, 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 I'm a murderer I would take now. that wand and stuff it right in her ass. I swear to God. I'm never going to be able to have a decent night's sleep for the rest of my life. I'm a murderer. <laughs> and you're telling me I could have gone home? I'm addicted to poppies now. And I could have gone home? <laughs> What? Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, that's what you want to think. Absolutely, kid. Oh, don't do do. She had to find out the bullshit lesson for herself. So meanwhile, the only people who learn important lessons are the people in her dreams who don't really, aren't going to count. <laughs> Aw, don't say goodbye. God, how much t time in this movie did she spend balling? All of it. He looks like our listener, Bubba Beasley. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You must have seen his picture because you're laughing. Oh, that's wrong. Don't, don't say it. Oh, God. You hot piece of straw. <laughs> Is that a pitchfork in your pocket? Are you just glad to see me? <laughs> She, what really she needs to do is ditch that dog. Yes. Because it's the dog that got her in trouble in the first place, then got her stranded there. <laughs> no, I was like, just shitting you. You're really trapped here. <laughs> and she gets home and she's just like, how can I live here when I've seen color? How can I live in a black and white world from now on? I'm addicted to poppies. Do we have poppies here? There's no poppies in Kansas. Linda needs to be like, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're actually very gullible. Huh? I cannot watch this anymore without seeing the end of Kentucky Fried Movie. Remember Fistful of Yen? <laughs> Fistful of Yen where That's it's right. the guy who looks just like Bruce Lee, but he's dressed up just like her. And Mr. Kwan comes up and he's just like, right. Ah, he's still got his flaming hand on. Aunt Brew? Uncle Owen? Ben Kenobi. Oh, am I glad to see you. Now, now are they like... Maybe he looks more like Colonel, S huh? Wouldn't it be like maybe she hasn't recovered? Maybe we should take her to the doctor. She's still hallucinating. Shemp. <laughs> he looks like Colonel Sanders, doesn't he? A little bit, yeah. Professor Marvel. Could you go get me a bucket of chicken? I'm starving. <laughs> I've been gone for three days. I walked. 45 miles. 
<laughs> and I killed a bitch with my bare hands. <laughs> I'm not the Dorothy you guys knew. Stop laughing at me. I'll make you all go away. <laughs> We're home and and now magically that mean woman will never try to kill you again. That's nice, Dorothy. Uh, sheriff's here for your dog. <laughs> Forty years later, they're just like, Dorothy, are you going to move out? <laughs> Never, ever. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. The Singer Midgets as the Munchkins. <laughs> I'm assuming that not midgets who sing, but it was like somebody named Singer who managed them. Is all I'm. I gotta guess. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, it's the sewing machine guy. <laughs> yeah, they were owned by Singer Corporation, and then they just went back to the sweatshop making sewing machines after the movie. Breaks over. All right, I think that was a good one. You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, Two True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling and it really helps us out. So please, use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. <laughs> visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.Libson.com 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. 
You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, Two True, True Freaks. Freaks.